Sirius XM and Augusta National present The Masters Show. And he cuts out for a 68. Ben's best round of the four-day tournament. Hogan wins his first Masters. Marco Mira has won the Masters, birdieing the 72nd hole. Ben Bradshaw has won the Masters for a second time. Masters history. Conversations with past champions, previewing this year's tournament and celebrating the unique traditions of the Masters. Bernard, when we put this jacket on you, you become a member of Augusta National Golf Club. You're invited to play in this tournament for the rest of your life. Well, thank okay. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of that. The Masters Show with your host, Taylor Zarzer, begins right now on Sirius XM. Thank you so much. And welcome to another edition of the Master Show here on Sirius XM. John Albanese producing today's program. The 1982 Masters champion, Craig Stadler. It's been 40 Masters since the Walrus put on the green jacket. We will take you back through what it felt like to compete on Sunday and to hold on for dear life, as Stads did, and then win in a playoff. And just how special being connected to this club is for someone like Craig and his bride Jan. He has some great stories about that. That's coming up. We will go through the entire field. We will tell you about all 85 players that are currently eligible to play in the 2021 Masters, and that number has changed. Now, we could have a withdrawal or two. We could have some past champions that decide not to play, as was the case this past November, but the maximum amount of players we can have in the Masters as of the end of January is 85. And that is because Siwoo Kim won in Palm Springs on Sunday. The 25-year-old from South Korea won in Palm Springs, and he will play in his fifth consecutive Masters. Congratulations to him. It's his first win in nearly four years. He won in Greensboro back in 2016. He won the Players, which qualified him for the next three Masters back in 2017. But that exemption ended and expired for Siwoo after the 2020 Masters, so he had to find a new way in, and he won in Palm Springs. And so that will continue a streak now of 13 consecutive major championships for Siwoo Kim and five straight Masters. He missed the cut in 2017, Finished tied for 24th in 2018, tied for 21st in 2019 when Tiger won, and then when DJ was victorious in November, he finished tied for 34th. So Siwoo Kim is back in the field, and congratulations to him on that. Well, there's so much that we want to tell you about on today's show. We're going to go through some of our favorite traditions we're also going to reflect back on a very special Masters that was played 70 years ago. We, we look forward to telling you more about that. But I also wanted to alert you to the Masters website. It's interesting, so many people ask questions about the ticket process and how you can get a ticket to go to Augusta National Golf Club and watch the Masters. Now, as Augusta National announced just over a week ago, there will be limited attendance at the 2021 Masters. They will have the Augusta National Women's Amateur, and they will have the Drive, Chip, and Putt National Finals, but there will be um, a limited number of patrons 
that come to Augusta National in April. Now, while Chairman Ridley said they're uh, disappointed that they can't accommodate a full complement of patrons, they did say that they'll continue their efforts to ensure that all that purchase tickets will have access in 2022, provided that conditions approve and we can have a full experience in 2022. And as I said, if you go to the Masters website, masters.com, they answer all of your questions there about uh, the, the ticketing process. For example, if you purchased a ticket and you, you weren't selected, uh, will you receive a refund? And it says it, it, that you will. Um, you will give me an opportunity to purchase tickets for next year. And that process would obviously continue on. And the same applies to last year. If you were a 2020 ticket holder, a 2021 ticket holder, you'll have the opportunity to get those tickets in 2022. I know that's a long process, but uh, unfortunately, given what we've gone through, we're going to have to wait until everything is safe for us to have a full experience again at Augusta National Golf Club. But let me tell you, it will be well worth it. It'll be one of the most special thing you, things you do, especially if you're doing it with loved ones, with family, with siblings, with children, with parents, uh, or with friends. It'll be a moment you don't regret. So I hope that you get that opportunity in the near future. Coming up next, we're going to visit with the 1982 Masters champion, Craig Statler, the walrus, will join us on the Masters show on Sirius XM. Whether you're on or off the course, greatness takes more than skill. It takes dedication. That's why, as an international partner of the Masters, UPS is dedicated to driving innovation that powers your business. Growing your business means adapting to stay ahead. So UPS has tools beyond just shipping that meet the specific and ever-changing needs of business owners. If you're looking to take your business global, do it with help from UPS experts and international services made for business of all sizes. With UPS automated tracking tools, you can stay in control and save time by seeing everything all in one place. Plus, with faster ground shipping now offered nationwide, you can surpass customer expectations and outpace the competition. And if you've taken your business online, you can find UPS wherever you sell. Count on UPS to help your business grow so you can be bold, be brave, be unstoppable. We appreciate the partnership of UPS with Masters Radio and here on the Masters Show. Here is the man on his way to winning his third Masters title. The Masters Show. Straight putt. And there is your champion of 1962 at the Masters Classic in Augusta, Georgia. The champion for the third time here at the Masters, Arnold Palmer on Sirius XM. The Masters Show continues here on Sirius XM, your exclusive home for the audio coverage of the 2021 Masters. Part of our Sirius XM golf team is Craig Statler. He hosts I Am the Walrus. More important than his work on Sirius XM, he's a Masters champion. He won it back in 1982, and Stads, it's been 40 Masters. Thanks. <laughs> since Thanks since since you won it, does it feel like yesterday? Does it feel like forty Masters ago? I feel like it was <laughs> about eighty Masters ago, but <laughs> yeah, it was it's, it was quite a while ago. I got to admit, Night. Yeah, I've gone from from twenty seven to twenty nine to <laughs> sixty seven. So 
Yeah. Um, well, um, I thought you were going to say you've gone from 29 to, to 33. You know, <laughs> you've only aged a few years. Well, it is. <laughs> uh, I tell you what's fun is uh, I think it would be pretty cool to have two Masters every year, like five months apart. Yeah, just have um, have one in November and another in April. I'd, I'd be game for that. You were there. and Why they wouldn't do it in November again. That was so fun. Uh, Actually, hopefully not. Yeah, let's hope not. But uh, the fall colors uh, were, were so unique, and it was it was great to have you there on, on our team in November. I know you're so proud of this, Stads, uh, to, to win the, the 1982 Masters and be part of the most exclusive fraternity in, in all of golf. Let me ask you this first. When, when I say 1982 Masters, what do you first think about? How in the hell I ever got in a playoff? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, you know, you look at the look at the scores for the week. It wasn't a fun Thursday. The weather was kind of crappy, and I just kind of hung in there and shot seventy five, which by far was anything to write home about. But uh, played really well Friday. Played pretty good Saturday. I mean, I, I I made three bombs on the last three holes on Saturday, 16, 17, 18, and to get a three-shot lead, and then it was just an absolute cruise control on Sunday. I had a five-shot lead after 10 and part 11, and, and all of a sudden I'm in a playoff. So that wasn't uh, wasn't the greatest memory of it, but, uh, you know, I, with that, I know you hear golfers whining and, and bitching and moaning like this a lot. Like, you know, I shot 40 in the back, but I actually played pretty well. well that's one of the few times I've said that because I hit a lot of a lot of really good shots that I just missed by uh, 8, 10, 12 inches here and there. Then drove it perfect on 17 right in the middle of this gigantor divot. And, but uh, anyway, long story short, I three-putted 18 to go into a playoff with Dan Pohl, and he three-putted the first hole of the playoff to return the favor, so... Not only did you shoot at 75, you shot two 75s. Uh, well, you shot 73 in the last round, excuse me, but you shot 75, as you said, in the in the first round. So you were three over, and you were six shots back going into, uh, fri- going into Friday. You mentioned the difficult conditions, but, boy, did you turn it on um, in very difficult conditions, shooting that 69 on Friday, and you went from six shots back after a 75 stats to – being tied with Curtis Strange for the lead going into the weekend. How difficult was that Friday? I don't really remember. I remember Thursday being just kind of rainy and a little windy, but I don't remember Friday being that tough. But, yeah, dude, that was a long time ago. Too. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of rounds ago. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, you remember, I'm sure, probably, oh, it was, gosh, probably eight or nine years ago on Saturday when it was blowing like 40. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a hard hard enough golf course as it is, but you start getting, like, gusting to 40, 50-mile-an-hour winds, and you get some days when, not necessarily the rain, but when it mists around there, it just seems to really mess things up to me, for me. But uh, there could be some really hard days out there. Boy, can there. Uh, Saturday was a wonderful day for you back in 1982. You shot 67 that day, and you opened up a, a three-shot lead going into Sunday. Stads, I recently uh, heard your buddy Tiger Woods, who, who likes to uh, elbow you in the ribs at the Champions Dinner. I, um, I heard him say uh, uh, that after the third round of the 97 Masters, 
and after the third round of the 2019 Masters, he did not sleep well. He was really nervous both times, 22 years apart. What was your sleep like Saturday night, April the 10th, 1982? I didn't have any problem. In fact, you know, at, at the end of uh, the end of Saturday, I think after we left the press room, uh, Bob Rosberg grabbed me for an interview, and he says, "Yeah, blah blah blah. You got this. You got that. You got a three-shot lead. What are you going to do tonight? What are you going to do different uh, for tomorrow?" I said, "Well, I don't plan on doing a thing different." I liked it just the way it was today, thank you. And he says, what are you doing tonight? I said, well, I'm going to go home and uh, barbecue some steaks, and then tomorrow I'm going to wake up, and the only probably thing I am going to do different is I'm going to go hide Easter eggs in the morning for the kids and have an Easter egg hunt, and then, uh, you know, I guess time to come out. I'll come out and practice, and off we go. And he looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> like He's like, you know, why are you messing with me? And he actually got verbally kind of upset that he thought I was just giving him a bunch of crap. I said, Bob, that's what I'm going to do. I got my kids in the house, and, you know, I'm going to make everybody dinner. And when I get out of here, it's going to be a little late dinner. But uh, I don't know. I'd never, I've never had a problem sleeping on anything, on, you know, having to shoot 65 to make the cut or having a two-shot lead or, or whatever. It's, it, it was never an issue. And... Uh, you know, with the kids around all the time, I had to get some sleep. <laughs> Kevin, I believe, was like maybe a year old, right? Well, Kevin was the only one there, actually. Christopher was born there. Yeah, okay. So so Kevin was uh, a little bitty baby at, at that time. Did you guys stay close to the course? Do you remember that? Yeah, we stayed right over after Boy Scout. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, you know, he's 14 months old. Well, that's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool place to have your, I guess, second Easter egg hunt. But first, first one he can run around and and uh, and chase some eggs on. It's pretty cool that the the morning your dad eventually wins the Masters, uh, he has his uh, he has his first Easter egg hunt. All right, so you mentioned Sunday, and you did. You got off to a hot start, and clearly you were very comfortable. And and at one point, Stad, you had a seven shot lead over Dan Pohl. And and you mentioned that you didn't play poorly. You just were were burning a bunch of edges. Did it? Did it get? Does it get into your mind when all of a sudden you see the lead go from seven to six to four to two to one? No, it, it really didn't. And you know, with with uh, you talk to players on on successes and especially as majors, you know, what do you remember out the days? And and I might be a little bit different, but I remember you know every shot I hit the back nine. I don't remember a single shot I hit the front nine. Shot thirty three. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the other the other black eye for that year is I I mean it's not real impressive but I shot forty on the opening nine Thursday and forty on the last nine Sundays. Wow, not very good bookends. But uh, you know I, I I just aimed it left on twelve about uh, about ten feet and I nailed it right there. But I just I just missed a little gust of wind. I flipped that. I buried it in the back bunker. And uh, you know. All you're doing is looking at the creek. And I just came out way to the right, like 30 feet right, just to make sure I didn't hit it in the creek or the bunker, front bunker or anything, and just took my bogey. And then I hit a one iron on 13, and was back right. And uh, second shot, and just caught the right fringe, just pretty straight shot, and it just rolled down the fringe and then trickled down the hill into the water. But it didn't get all the way to the water. 14, I had a really nice six iron on that right pin, which is a tough one, about 25 feet behind the hole, left it about four feet short and missed that. 
you know, and it just it got to be comical after a while. Fifteen, <laughs> another good drive. Pin was back right. I hit three wood, and it just trickled off the edge of the green into the right bunker. You know, thirty feet from the hole, and and uh, came out about five feet past, and actually three sixty that one. And then sixteen again. The pin was top right on the shelf, and I hit a six iron and just cut it just a hair too much. It hit right on the fringe and just went into the bunker on the right, which you're dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a really good shot there. Just you know, I carried it out of the bunker about an inch, and it trickled down there and it caught the right lip of the hole. It just kind of gave it that little extra. It might not have gone down the hill, but when it hit the edge and spun, it just you know died forty feet down the hill. Oh man! But made a good two putt for for four there. Uh, really good drive on seventeen right in a divot. A great shot out of the divot. Almost made two. I bounced it up about six, eight inches short of the hole right in the middle that spun back off the green and chipped that six, eight inches away and hit a good drive and a good five iron about 35 feet on 18. So it's, it wasn't for lack of hitting a lot of decent shots. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, it still adds up to 40. Well, <laughs> it adds up to a win is, is what it adds up to. And um, and you mentioned really never feeling the nerves uh, the night before or, or during the round. I actually, you know, I was playing with Jerry Pate. And uh, arguably, he he and I and Ben were probably three guys in the top ten putters round eighty two. Uh, it's I mean putting saved my butt forever for from eighty eighty to eighty two. So I wasn't that good a ball striker back then. But anyway, uh, I had it about forty feet, and Pate was right in front of me about thirty seven feet. He's about three feet in front of me, uh, two shots back. And I thought I hit a pretty good first putt, and he said, I left it six feet short. And, and he's now thinking, God, if I make this, then, you know, game on. And he got it about eight inches inside me. He left his about five feet short. So I don't know if we got a slow part in the green because they were, you know, it's the second year they went back to bent. And they're really spiked up and really fast in spots. And they're kind of hard to judge, which was probably one reason why the scores were so high. But, uh,. You know, I, I put it right edge and just hit it right where I aimed it, and it didn't budge. Just melted right over the right edge. Like, I just like, oh my god, what have you done? <laughs> but uh, then we went straight to ten, and that's it. You went to the tenth hole. There you yeah. go. We went straight to ten, and he got up and did a nice little draw around the corner, and and right to left is not my forte. And I got up with driver and just turned it right around the corner. I'm like, wow, where'd that come from? And uh, Pitt was back left, and I hit a, another, a lot of six irons that day. I hit another six iron right at it, about 30 feet short, and he fanned it out to the right fringe, which mm. coming down that hill was just lightning fast. And uh, He putted first, left it about six feet short, and I rolled it up about, uh, I hit a good putt, rolled up about six inches behind the hole, and then just you know, told him I'll go ahead and finish and just kind of jiggled that one in. And then... Uh, he just he pulled it a little bit and hit it too hard and missed it. So that was uh, that was that. That was that, and you were the Masters champion. We know the all the attention that it gets in in twenty twenty one, and it's gotten in in recent years, and and what it be, means to to be a Masters champion. Dustin Johnson, who never shows any emotion and never really shows you how he's feeling on the golf course, brought the tears after he won in November. So how did you feel as you were going to Butler Cabin and as you were 
talking to all the members out there on the green afterwards. So what was that moment like for you? I was I was actually kind of a little bit of shock right after. I mean, it was one of those things, you know, we went downtown and they asked me if I wanted to practice. And he, I think he finished like an hour before me, so he'd been out hitting balls. And I just like, hell no, let's just go. T's right here, let's go. And, uh, you know, stand on the back of green when he missed his putt. Uh, you know, I, I had this little rush moment where I almost felt bad for him. And then that didn't last. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was, it was like, oh, man, dude, what are you doing? And then like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then uh, you know went right up and started all the rest of the stuff. So it was uh, it was awesome. It's it's such an awesome event. I think I don't know what percentage of, of players you ask what their favorite major is. Probably not a lot of the foreigners, but uh, most of the U.S. guys. I think majority of them would probably say their favorite is the Masters, and then the U.S. Open second, and or whatever, what have you. Uh, but uh, you know, it's just the whole R of the place that. The history of the place, the, the you know secrecy of the place, mm. I guess you could call it as well. Uh, it's just an incredible venue, and you know, obviously the only one we play the same course on every year, as well. And uh, now I still I still get that little roll in my stomach when I pull into Magnolia Lane. He was going up in in uh, February with a couple guests of, of mine or whatever. It's still just very very cool. That's been a lot of years. Well, you are a, a totally deserving member of the fraternity. There's no question about that with your win in 1982. And you had a, a lot of other successes there. In, in 79, three years earlier, you finished tied for seventh. In, in 88, you finished third. In 85, you finished sixth. And Stads, the next year, I know you've told me before, you, you felt like you had a – obviously you had the lead going in the final round, but you felt just as good about your chance the next year in the Masters. Yeah, I ended up uh... – Tied with Ray Floyd after after three rounds, and uh, yeah, just nothing nothing happened for either of us. I think I shot seventy, I believe seventy five or six on Sunday, and Raymond, who we expected to battle right in there back then too, he shot seventy four, I think. So you know, seventy shot sixty nine and, and lap the field, but uh, I don't remember anything about about Sunday on eighty three and. A, Probably pretty glad I don't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all remember uh, Sunday in, in 82, that, that's for sure, with, with the victory. Uh, let me ask you um, about all the relationships that you've created through the years. We, we know about the fraternity that, that makes you a Masters champion, and, and you've been kind enough to share some, some fun stories from the champions' dinners through the years and some powerful things that that Arnold Palmer said in that room and, and some of the older guys through the years. When um, when you think of the relationships you've built at Augusta National Golf Club, just how special are those? Oh, it's very special. Uh, you know, I was up until, I guess, probably 2010 or so, um, the year I got, the year Jan I got married, um, you know, I'd go and just stay at a house and just kind of, didn't really know anybody there. I knew the, the obviously the the assistant pros and whoever else and and uh, Jim James and whoever else there. But but uh, I never looked at my packet. We always had some people, friends, stay with us. 
each year, and I'd never go through any. I'd just go out playing the golf tournament and, you know, eventually just kind of hoping Kevin would finally win and get in. But uh, in 2010, when uh, Jan Webb, she's going through my whole package. She's, she's sitting there and she goes, so what's the uh, member's cocktail party? I'm like, I've never heard of it. <laughs> she goes, well, it's Wednesday night from 6 to 8, and you got invited to it, and I want to go. <laughs> I said, I have no idea what it is. She goes, well, don't you ever read this stuff? I said, no. <laughs> Not really. So, but anyway, so I got the invitation, showed it to me, and I, I uh, kind of uh, RSVP'd for it when I got to the club the next day. I said, am I invited to this? And they go, absolutely. So we got coat and tie on and went in there, and, and Arnold and Jack were there, but I was the only other player. I'm like, I'm not, I'm telling, talking to Janice, I'm not real sure we're, we're really invited to this thing. But anyway, long story short, we went uh, every year until this year when they didn't have it. I've gone every year, and I've just I've made so many really good friends from members, just from being at that event. And uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's probably the way the whole secrecy of the place. I think the normal guy, normal Joe golfer, Jane golfer, probably think that it's a pretty stuck-up club, but. Uh, it's the greatest group of members I've ever been around, I think, in a private club. They're just wonderful people. I have very, very good friends with probably 30 of them now, and, uh, which is kind of cool because when I take, take somebody to play, I have a pretty good you know, bucket list to choose from to get somebody <laughs> to sponsor us. But uh, you know, that, was, that was one thing that definitely changed my life because I didn't know anybody there really. Uh, and, uh, you know, because she wanted to go to this cocktail party, it's, uh, we've just got so many good friends. I bet I have 20 Christmas cards in the basket from, from people that I met at the party that night. Way to go, Jan Stadler. Man, I mean, that is, I appreciate you sharing that. That is great. It's all her. (laughs) What a great story. And you've been going the the last 10 years and, and here's to them having those events this year and, and moving forward as, as everybody gets healthy and, we get through this uh, challenging time, but um, man, that's a that is a great story, and um, I'm so glad that you've been able to to share it. And I love what you said about the members. You're so right. Anybody that has ever really spent some time at the club can can verify what you said about just how hospitable and welcoming and warm that place is. Well, oh, absolutely. You get it's to put on. Yes, probably has something to do with the fact that I'm, you know, coming up in a few years to seventy and. The majority of the members are in their 70s. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it truly is a, uh, a wonderful place. And, and I just, I, as I said, I've made so many good close friends now. It's, it's just awesome. Stad, you had an incredible career. You are um, truly just one of the best ball strikers that the game has ever seen. Uh, you played on all kinds of team events. You, you won more than a dozen times all over the world. Uh, you truly were a, a terrific PGA Tour player, and um, I know this was the pinnacle, winning the 1982 Masters. Uh, Well-deserved, and really appreciate you sharing it with us. We, we look forward to the next few months, and can't wait until we're back at Augusta National Golf Club with you in April. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, I know they're limiting the patrons. I don't know how many, but they just sent us a note out that they're limiting the patrons next year, so hopefully they will have spectators there, but 
I tell you, I walked out, I walked out of the clubhouse uh, having lunch, and I walked down to the first tee on Thursday to watch Tiger make the turn, and I was one of about eight people watching him tee off on one. Isn't that crazy? So it was pretty weird, but uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll get the vaccines going and get uh, get back to somewhat normalcy by the time it rolls around in a couple months. All it is only a couple months. That's right. All the best to Jan and you. Eat some good food on that green egg, and what we'll see in a couple months. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Take That's care. Craig Stadler me. joining us here. We're going to look at the current field when we return on the Masters show. If he can gather his nerves and his emotions, he can play the shot. I've been very impressed by all three's composures, but mainly Larry's. He's been very, very calm. Now back to the Masters show. How's that look? to the greatness of that shot. Simply incredible. On Sirius XM. This is the Masters Show. On Sirius XM, I'm Taylor Zarzer. What fun we had with Craig Stadler, the 1982 Masters champion. We have a great guest every single week on this show, and I hope you'll enjoy listening to those as we get closer and closer to the 2021 Masters. Speaking of that, let's go now to the field in the 2021 Masters. There are now 85 players in the field, and we are going to go through the 18 different categories currently. There will be a 19th. There could be a 20th. We'll tell you all about that. Category number one are the past champions. Now, there could be as many as 20 past champions, maybe less than that. There are 34 living winners, 14, at least 14, are not competing. That includes our friend Jackie Burke, who will turn 98 this week. Gary Player, Jack Nicholas. Happy birthday to Jack. He celebrated his 81st birthday just last week. Bob Golby, Charles Cootie, Tommy Aaron, Raymond Floyd, Tom Watson, Fuzzy Zeller, our guest Craig Statler, Ben Crenshaw, Nick Faldo, Ian Woosnam, and Mark O'Mara. They're no longer competing. Now, Trevor Immelman did not compete in November, and neither did Angel Cabrera. We'll see what happens with them come this April. But we know that Bernhard Langer, Larry Mize, Sandy Lyle, Fred Couples, Jose Maria Olathabel, VJ Singh, Mike Weir, Phil Mickelson, Zach Johnson, and Charles Schwartzel, as well as Danny Willett, are all in the field only this way as a past Masters champion. And then there are several others that get in numerous ways, like Tiger Woods, Bubba Watson, Adam Scott, Jordan Spieth, Sergio Garcia, Patrick Reed, and, of course, the 2020 champion, Dustin Johnson. Category number two are the five U.S. Open champions within the last five years. We only have four because Brooks Kepko won two of the last five. Dustin Johnson won it back in 2016. Gary Woodland at Pebble Beach in 2019. And Bryson DeChambeau, his first way he qualifies is category number two, is the reigning U.S. Open champion. Now to category number three, five Open champions in the last five years. Actually, there are only four because we did not have an Open championship that's rescheduled at Royal St. George's this upcoming July. This is the only way Henrik Stenson is in the Masters field, and this is the last year he can he can qualify this way. So Stenson needs to find another way into the 2022 Masters as this will be the last year as an Open champion. Jordan Spieth, Francesco Molinari, and Shane Lowry also qualify this way. 
We have five PGA champions in the last five years. This is the last year Jimmy Walker can qualify this way. It's the only way he's in the field. Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka twice, and Colin Morikawa, of course, is the defending PGA champion. The players' champions in the last three years, again, we've only had two of those. We'll have a third next month, or I guess uh, six weeks from now, in the middle of March. Webb Simpson and Rory McIlroy are the last two winners, winning in 2018 and 19, and these are one of many ways that both of those great players qualify. The Olympic gold medalist, but only in years it's being played. We hope they're going to have an Olympics come August. Of course, it did not happen last summer, so there is nobody qualifying that way. Category number seven, the U.S. Amateur Champion and runner-up. 7A is Tyler Strafacci as the winner. 7B is Ali Osborne as the runner-up. Then we go to the British Amateur Champion. They did have this event last year. It was delayed, but it was played, and 23-year-old Englishman Joe Long was victorious, and he gets in through Category 8. Field is up to 34 as we get to the next few qualifications, and sadly, these three events were not played within the last year. The Asia-Pacific Amateur was canceled this past fall, the Latin American amateur was canceled, just a, which would have been a few weeks ago. Uh, past champion of that is Joaquin Neiman. They have had some great winners of that in the last few years. And the U.S. mid-amateur did not happen this past year either, so nobody is in through categories 9, 10, and 11. Now, category 12 is the top 12 in ties from last year's Masters, and exactly 12 people finished in the top 12. DJ won, of course. Cam Smith and Sung J.M. both shot in the 60s every day, tying for second. Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy with two great finishes in the Masters, which isn't surprising. They have a great record without winning. Dylan Fratelli and C.T. Pan is the only way they got in by finishing in the top 12. Brooks Kepka, John Robb, and Webb Simpson also were top 12 finishers. Corey Connors snuck into the top 12, and he, this is the only way he's in the field. And Patrick Reed rounded out that top 12 from 2020 the top category 13 is the top four from last year's u.s open all of the people that qualified these next three ways i'm about to tell you qualified other ways too the top four from last year's u.s open the top four from the open championship of course wasn't played top four from the pga championship all the people that finished in the top four in ties were in numerous ways so the field is at 47 as we then get to category 16 which are winners of PGA tournaments within the last year. And there are a bunch that got in only by winning another event, like in Minnesota when Michael Thompson won last summer, in Greensboro when Jim Herman won, in Napa when Stuart Sink won. I can't wait to have Stuart back on the show as uh, he will be in the Masters field again in his late 40s, Stewart winning with his son as his caddy. He is 47 years old, and he's back in the Masters, and this will be the first time he's played in the Masters in seven years. Congratulations to him. Hudson Swafford won in the Dominican, so he's back in the field. Martin Laird won in Vegas. It's the only way he qualified. Brian Gay at 49 will play in the Masters because he won in Bermuda. Carlos Ortiz won in Houston. The week before the 2020 Masters, that got him into the 2021 field. Robert Streb won in Sea Island the next week after the Masters. He gets into this year's event. 
And Siwoo Kim won just yesterday in Palm Springs. And Siwoo Kim, as we said earlier in the show, will play once again in the Masters. In fact, as we told you earlier in the program, Siwoo has played in every major since the 2016 PGA Championship. So this will be his fifth consecutive Masters start. He was not in the field until he won in Palm Springs on Sunday. So there's 60 players as you get to category number 17. And that's if you made the Tour Championship this past August you get in. And there's several people that qualify this way. In fact, we have five players that got in this way. Some of them are Sebastian Munoz, Lonto Griffin, Cam Champ. Those are the only three that had to get in this way. But there's a couple others that uh, needed a good performance to get into the Tour Championship. So the field's at 75. But Munoz, Griffin, and Champ all qualify this way as guys that aren't in the top 50. And then that's the final qualification, the top 50 from the previous year. And there are 10 players that are top 50 players that had not qualified any other way, like Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Victor Perez, Christian Bezidenhout from South Africa will play in his second straight Masters, Justin Rose, Lee Westwood, Matt Kuchar, Bernd Wiesberger, the German, Ian Poulter, and Matt Wallace was number 50 in the world at the turn of the calendar year. So that sets the field at 85 as of today. And again, that's dependent upon a couple of past Masters champions and whether they play. So the maximum amount we could have right now is 85 players. Now, as of March 28th of this year, they'll once again look at who's in the top 50. And whatever turnover they've had, whoever's entered the top 50 that wasn't already in, they will get in too. So the field could get north of 90 players by the time we get to Augusta National in early April. I can't wait. I know you can't either. Coming up next, we're going to tell you about some of uh, our favorite traditions at Augusta National Golf Club. And we'll look back in Masters history 70 years ago. This is the Masters Show on Sirius XM. The Masters Show on Sirius XM. Masters champion of 1977, Tom Watson, the pride of Missouri and Stanford. This is The Masters Show on Sirius XM. I'm Taylor Zarzer. In the final segment, each and every week, we like to look at some traditions at the club during the Masters tournament. One of my favorite traditions is what happens on the first tee when one of the members of the club is the first hole starter and says, four, please, Tiger Woods now driving, or Jack Nicklaus, or anyone else that's about to tee off in the Masters tournament each and every year. I love that they put the defending Masters champion with the Open champion and the U.S. Amateur champion. Be interesting to see who they put in with defending champion Dustin Johnson and U.S. amateur champion Tyler Strafacci if Shane Lowry continues to be part of that trio, even though there was not an open championship this past year. But just on the first tee, as you're around that hole, if you're under the trees or you're lining the first tee or somewhere near the first fairway, and you hear that member say, four, please. Beware, if you will, attention, if you will, for, please, Tiger Woods now driving. 
It is a cool moment. And it is all Augusta when you hear that. Well, Ben Hogan heard that a couple of times. And the way he won 70 years ago is something that we should all celebrate. Is one of the greatest comebacks in sports history. If you go back to 1949, just around this time in 1949, he was driving back to Fort Worth after a Monday playoff loss to um, in, in the Phoenix Open. And, and after losing in that Monday playoff, he was driving through some serious weather. And all of a sudden, a Greyhound bus in the middle of the night veers over in front of Hogan's car, and there's a head-on collision with Ben and his wife Valerie in their car. Ben actually dove over to the passenger seat to try to save Valerie's life so that she wouldn't get hit too hard. And in doing so, he had some serious injuries uh, through this awful fog that had um, had taken the entire driver's seat out of the Cadillac he was driving. He had a double fracture of his pelvis. He broke his collarbone. He broke his left ankle. He chipped a rib, and he had blood clots too. He had circulation with his legs the rest of his life and all sorts of physical limitations. Despite all of this, Ben Hogan came back and played golf again. He had won four major championships. He had won the 1946 PGA Championship, the 1948 PGA, and the last major he played in before this accident in 1949 was the 1948 United States Open. Now, he certainly had played in the Masters a number of times uh, going into this appearance in the Masters. He, in fact, played it the first time in, in 1938, and he had he had a bunch of top tens in this. He had seven uh, top, make that eight top ten finishes in the Masters uh, before 1951. In fact, he had two second-place finishes, one in 1942 and another in 1946. But in 1951... He was the winner. He shot 68 in the final round to finish at eight under par, two shots better than Ski Regal. It was his second of three straight majors that he entered that he won. As I said, he won the U.S. Open the year before. Uh, This is uh, the first event that he had won, a major championship that he had won after the accident. And then he wins the U.S. Open again, after winning the Masters in 1951. He only played a limited schedule during this time, but his win in the 1951 Masters tournament was certainly significant as it was his first win at Augusta National, and it marked one of the best victories of his career. He was two shots down to George Fazio after the first round, one shot behind Regal, tied with Fazio and Lou Worsham, the old Oakmont pro, going into the third round. And and after the third round, Hogan trailed Regal and Sam Sneed by one. But that 68 on Sunday, April the 8th, 1951, was good enough for a two-shot win over Regal and six clear of Mangrum 
in worship with everybody else falling off of the pace. In fact, you look back at, at his round, and it was simply sensational. You look at all the other players that played that day. Regal shot 71. Mangrum shot 73. Worsham shot 72. Sam Sneed fell way off the pace with 79. And Kerry Middlecoff shot 78. So the conditions were tough. But Hogan's 68 was his first Masters victory. And it happened 70 years ago. Certainly something that we should always celebrate in the history of Augusta National Golf Club. And it's this broadcaster's opinion. When you talk about the greatest players in the history of golf, you have to talk about Masters champions. That, that is a, a requirement in order to talk about the greatest players in the history of golf. And most people talk about Tiger Woods, a five-time winner of the Masters, and Jack Nicklaus, a six-time winner of the Masters. But I believe Ben Hogan deserves to be in that conversation too. The man won four major championships before the accident and five in a limited schedule after the accident. Yes, nine majors compared to Tiger's 15 or or Jack's 18. But again, not nearly as many starts throughout the entire year, dealing with all kinds of pain throughout most of his career, certainly the back half of his career, and I think quite possibly the greatest ball striker of all time. 1951, he wins his first green jacket at the Masters. He would win it again two years later. We always love to celebrate Masters champions on this program and look back throughout history. And today, we look back 70 years ago. We'll have another anniversary for you coming up next week on the program. Well, we don't have much time left until we really start itching about the Masters. As you look at the calendar and you think about when the Masters will begin, we are only 72 days away as we sit here today from April the 8th, 2021, and it'll be Masters Week, of course, starting on Monday, April the 5th, and we will be there at Augusta National Golf Club to cover it. We're so excited about being the official radio broadcaster of the 2021 Masters. And our team that we're assembling is something we're extremely proud of, and we'll have much more information on that as the weeks continue. But I can tell you, people like Brian Katrick, who you hear on this program, John McGinnis, Mark Carnivale, and many others will be attached to that broadcast, and I cannot wait to get to Augusta National Golf Club. And I'm sure you may have seen a couple of weeks ago, as we reported here, that there will be patrons. There will be more people on the grounds than there were in November. It'll still be a limited environment compared to what you would typically see in a normal situation, Uh, but that will make a difference. It was certainly unique and neat to do it once in November of 2020 and have a bunch of members and a few members of the media gathering around that final group, but it's going to be so nice to maybe triple or quadruple that environment come April, meaning you will hear those roars again, and you'll know, oh, man, that was Tiger on 15, or, oh, man, that sounds like Phil just did something on 16. Makes a big difference, and I cannot wait to get there. April 8th through the 11th, 
right here on Sirius XM. Many thanks to Craig Statler for coming on the program. Always love celebrating him. It's great to have him as part of our Sirius XM family. Thank you for listening to the program. Thanks to John Albanese for producing it. We will be back next Monday night with another edition of The Master Show. Remember, you can hear it on demand on the Sirius XM app. I'm Taylor Zarza. Remind you whether you agree or disagree, it's all for him. I hope you have a great week, and we will be back again next week on The Master Show on Sirius XM. <laughs>